Hello and Happy New Year, everybody. You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for a new season. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. This is an incredibly exciting episode. Uh, because we are reaching a new decade. 2020 is upon us, which I'm crazy. really excited to be living in the 20s. Uh, that's <laughs> crazy. I remember 20s. thinking about that when I was a little kid, being like, oh my gosh, yeah. we're going to get to live through another 20s. Um, that's crazy. But what that means for today's episode is that we are reflecting back on the 2010s, the teens, if you will, and we are going to go through... Uh, some of our favorite video game music that was released within this past decade. Absolutely, and we're approaching this quite differently than I've seen a lot of people online uh, approach this. The most common thing I've seen the past few weeks have been, oh, your best scores of the decade, best soundtracks. For us, we we knew that was going to be so difficult, and for some reason it didn't interest us as much as just saying these are these are our favorite video game tracks of the decade. So we're going from a track point of view, not an, not a score point right. of view. And so what's interesting about that is there's going to be some music on this playlist here that might not be from scores we would consider you know a best score of the decade. And similarly, there might be scores that are really good that we're leaving out today just because right. there, w- there might not be one individual track that was an absolute knockout for us. Right. Ten years is a very, very, very long time, especially yeah. with a medium as robust and constantly, uh, you know, bustling as video games. <laughs> I mean, games come out on so many different platforms all the time. So, I mean, it really is, to, to whittle down to, we have 21 tracks here. We couldn't even decade. do 20. We wanted to do uh, 20 really, and we just couldn't. And part of why we wanted to do 21 also is that I don't want anybody to look at this and think like, okay, there it is. That's the Mercado Brothers. Top no. 20 video game pieces, definitive. No, this is just it's uh, most favorite. of these. It's stuff also that we have a personal association with. Um, some of this music, just looking at it, it makes me so happy because I have such warm memories of um, playing this stuff on the podcast. Some of these are from games that we've played. Yeah, a lot and of to this, be honest... I mean, the track we played in with, we danced to at your wedding, Carl. Yeah, Whoa, I'm in Space Cuba from Mighty Switch Force means so much to both of us personally. We had to include that. But really, there's so many other ones that we could have easily included. And Brian Kelly was actually joking on Discord that we should have just used a random number generator, just thrown numbers at the wall. And that would have been great, too. We did have a master list of like around 50-ish tracks. Uh, we're going to give some honorable mentions in a little bit to some tracks that, that we are not able to play today. So just know these are our favorites and not all of our favorites from the decades, but the ones that we feel the most... Um, of a personal connection to and, and excited to kind of have this retrospective of this decade. So let's just dive into it. What a decade it was. I mean, we should just <laughs> was say amazing. that up front. There's been so much incredible music and I, that is the focus of our show. You know, it is video game yeah. music. And so um, a big thing, and we talked about this on our 400th episode, but I think one of the things that maybe makes you and I different is we're a little bit less focused on the context of a lot of this stuff. And we just like yeah. to focus on the music in and of itself. So purely from a musical perspective, this has been 
um, honestly, maybe one of the best decades for video game music of all time. It really uh, has and, been. And that's and so exciting. Another crazy thing about this playlist here is you could also consider it the best music that has come out during our entire podcast run and even slightly before that. We started this podcast right. in 2012. So near the beginning of this decade, uh, and some of the music that we're going to hear today happened to come out before that, but a lot of it uh, came out after. So that's pretty insane. Yes, that was Mighty Switch Force, Whoa, I'm in Space Cuba, which is one of the best jams of all time. That was composed by Jake Kaufman. Let's see if he comes back today. Let's I move have a on. feeling he will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the next track on our playlist, one of our favorites from the decade. And not to say that we're going to get this one out of the way, um, but a little bit of a silly feeling here because we did play this just last week, or I guess two weeks ago, since we had that Mercado Radio. So you guys have heard this very recently, but this should not be a surprise. We're going to play Resistance and Extermination from Gravity Rush. This was composed by the wonderful Kohei Tanaka. What a breath of fresh air. What an exciting score this was. And this track in particular really wowed us. This came out in 2012. Let's take a listen to Resistance and Extermination. You guys are listening to Resistance and Extermination. I know we just played this very recently, um, but now we get to talk a little bit more about it in the context of this entire decade from Gravity Rush here, composed by Kohei Tanaka. One of those pieces that the first time you heard it, you just go, oh boy, this <laughs> this is an all-time classic. And it has become a podcast staple. We've played it a lot on the podcast. We absolutely could not in uh, you know have a playlist like this and not include this. We did think about not including it just because we did play it so recently, but it just felt wrong. Right. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that we said on that episode. I remember the first time hearing this just 
being completely blown away by how strong the melody was, how exciting and rousing the orchestration is. How it I love keeps the your attention to that, too. yeah, really lyrical B section. But honestly, most of all, just how much it reminded me of Super Mario Galaxy. And that is such a compliment because one of my favorite things about the Galaxy games is how they were able to retain maybe the spirit of Mario music or of kind of a video game music with a capital V and a capital G identity while mm-hmm. being this sort of timeless orchestral palette. And it was decidedly different from the sound of film music. And that's why I love Resistance and Extermination. It's so tuneful in its, uh, to use that term that I think Tommy Tallarico coined in our interview uh, all those years ago, it's foreground music. Video yeah. game music is not this kind of quiet stuff tinkering in the background. It's very present, and it's meant it's so to amplify noticeable. your experience as a player. And I think uh, it's interesting that in a soundtrack like Gravity Rush that has so much excellent music, uh, a high-energy piece like this I actually think is the most beautiful and has the best mm-hmm. melody. Um, where in a film, you might say that that would be for like the opening titles or in the end credits where you get the most sort of lyricism. It's pretty interesting. I don't think there's any other specific track from Gravity Rush that would have made the uh, the playlist, and there's actually nothing that even made our master list here. Um, And so, yeah, this one was definitely above and beyond. One thing we should say, we had a couple of rules, a couple of ways to try to make this playlist as diverse as we could. Uh, We're only allowing one piece of music per game. Right. And so it's not just going to be like an entire playlist that has like six tracks from a game that we love. Uh, In order to make it more interesting, we had to pick... Uh, whatever we thought was the best track from a particular game, that was what was in consideration for this master list. Uh, And so, yeah, that is something to note. Well, let's keep going with the wonderful, magical orchestral vibes, and let's move on to something that was uh, released in the very first year of this past decade, 2010. It's so exciting that we get to include this. This is Sky Station Galaxy from Super Mario Galaxy 2. This was again composed by Mihito Yakoda. This was probably, I would say both of us uh, would consider this the best track of Galaxy 2. Yeah, oh, certainly. Maybe one of the best tracks of both the games. Carl, I don't know about you, but a piece of music like this is so beloved and classic to me. It's hard Mm -hmm. to believe that with some of this, like with Gravity Rush, I'm like, wow, I can't believe that was already 2012. That was so long ago. But with this, I'm like, I can't believe this was only 10 years ago. It's so classic. I feel like I've known it my whole life. Absolutely. Well, let's take a listen to Sky Station Galaxy.
guys are listening to Sky Station Galaxy, a classic from Mario Galaxy 2, composed by Mihito Yokota. I thought it was fun to pair these back-to-back, the Gravity Rush and then the Galaxy 2. There's something really fun about having them back-to-back. Will mentioned that that Resistance track reminded him so much of Mario Galaxy, but going to this, it is a lot more optimistic and kind of sunshiny in in Mahito Yakota's own unique way right. uh, than than that track was. Uh, there are some pieces for sure in the, the the two Galaxy games that get a little darker and that get similar emotionally to that Resistance track. But yeah, this is such a delightful, innocent piece of music. Uh, there's a lot of hope to it, um, but it's it does have some complexity and some mix of emotions and, and definitely some interesting musical contrast to it. Well, I just, yeah, I so love the palette of the Mario Galaxy games. It does a wonderful job of, I think, capturing some of the connotations of space and all of the sort of motifs of the game, that it's all this sort of space galactic adventure, yeah. but also retaining the melodic and adventurous spirit of Mario music, but honestly pushing all beyond those things and it, it codifies into its own sound. A lot of what Mihiro Yokota and Koji Kondo did in the first game was to establish this really sophisticated, almost sort of like a neoclassical approach where the, the music, much like a lot of great, you know, Japanese orchestral film music, it's, uh, it's very melodic and memorable. And it maybe uses some slightly jazzier chords, some extensions, some, you know, tritone substitutions and things like that. It doesn't go too far in that space, but definitely much more than you'd get in a classical sense. But the the orchestration, the the kinds of rhythms, the, the arrangements here and the forms, how mm-hmm. song-like and kind of simple everything is, it has this wonderful appeal to me. And I don't know, I remember with both the Galaxy games just feeling like this this is like the perfect language of video game music. It, it felt yeah. like this evolution of, I could just, I, I don't know. I was thinking of Koji Kondo back in the eighties, like tinkering around with these primitive sounds and then to think where it got, but you can hear the lineage of all that stuff. Yeah. In there. It's very special. You know, one thing I love looking at our playlist, just looking at the artist tab here is it's so beautiful because it has almost all of our favorite um, active composers in this last decade uh, represented here, at least a lot of the big ones. And so it feels really good uh, to me looking at that tab. It's interesting seeing some of these people that maybe made it twice, which is a quite an accomplishment. Okay, let's move on to definitely one of the most beloved games and scores of this past decade. And this piece of music uh, really represents this score well. Um, we wanted to play something that evokes the main theme of the score. Uh, and, and we definitely thought that this piece um, has a spot as one of our favorites from the decade. This is Fallen Down Reprise from, you guessed it, Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. Let's take a listen.
So beautiful. You guys are listening to Fallen Down Reprise, which eventually gets into that beautiful main theme. This is from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. We knew we wanted to do like a retro track um, from this game because I think it captures the spirit. Uh, I think we really, really do love that snowy piece of music, um, but we thought... Yeah. It's so fitting to 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 evoke this this main theme because it's so emotional and beautiful. Yeah, this absolutely has a place uh, as one of our favorite musical moments of the decade. Yeah, the whole Undertale soundtrack and the game itself is just absolutely such a delight and a treat for any fans of kind of the 16-bit era and RPGs and especially like Earthbound kind of. <laughs> if you're mm-hmm. uh, prone to liking that sort of musical language and that game and the humor and everything. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the thing that impressed me the most about Undertale was its music and also just the fact that the cr- creator, Toby Fox, um, not only did the writing for the game and made it himself, but also wrote all the music. It was one of those really inspiring sort of like Renaissance man. Wow. I mm-hmm. can't believe one guy did this. Uh, and, and some of that music I think will definitely go on in sort of the canon of video games as being classic. And I mean, already yeah. I think that's happened. You know, you hear mm-hmm. it being covered by VGM cover bands. And I think I imagine for Toby Fox, it must be such a treat to see the way that some of his characters and his music has just been embraced oh, by yeah. the whole video game community. You know, I will say that this is one of the examples where if we did a best scores of the decade, Undertale would absolutely be on there. I would say yeah. at least half of the games that are represented today would probably be on a best scores for us. And there definitely are some that that probably wouldn't be. Uh, I thought now would be a good time to to say some honorable mentions that for various reasons didn't quite make our playlist today, but were on our master list and are absolutely one of our favorite moments as well. One of them that we cut uh, for a specific reason was Kirby Planet Robobot, that patched pathway. We cut that because we had just played the remix on episode 400 and talked about it. And so just know that that was definitely one of our favorite melodies of the decade as well. Um... Uh, the Shovel Knight King of Cards, which just came out recently, that buzz in the grotto was on our master list. We thought since we just covered the episode, it maybe was a nice thing to to go without that today. Uh, Skyward Sword, Crimson Loftwing, a great moment in that decade. Uh, the main theme from The Last of Us, clearly that game means a oh, lot yeah. to both Will and myself. Um, the Counterfeit Mermaids from Shantae Half-Genie Hero. The Inkwell Isle 2 was one of our yeah, favorite moments just from Cuphead. Cuphead. Cuphead stuff in general. I mean, yes. all that amazing big band writing by Christopher Madigan is definitely... If, if we were doing a soundtrack highlight, that would mm-hmm. be one of them. But it's just... That's yeah. one of those where it's like, what track do you pick? You know? I'm going to give just a few more before we move on. Um, Noel's theme from Final Fantasy uh, 13 oh, so 2. Beautiful. beautiful. Uh, 3D World, the athletic slash sunshine theme by Koji. Oh, yeah, Nino um, Kuni. Um, Nino Kuni. Yeah. Miracle Reunion. And then last last shout out I'll give today. There are a lot more, trust me, guys. Um, that, that really awesome track from Atelier Sophie, The Scenery of the Town Daytime was an absolute, absolutely delightful track. All right, let's move on to our playlist here. Uh, this one was kind of a surprising choice, and this was actually a moment that really wowed us on a very early podcast episode. This game came out in 2010, uh, the start of the decade, and we featured this on our Ease Part 2 episode. This is a track from E7. This is Vacant Interference.
so badass. You guys are listening to Vacant Interference from E7, one of the more surprising choices on our playlist. This is Falcom JDK, and the composers that I found credited to this track are Saki Momiyama, as well as Yukihiro Jindo. And Jindo, I found out, was actually just brought on as a contractor uh, for this game to add some some much-needed epicness. So good job, uh, JDK, on this amazing track that feels oddly classic to us. Very classic to us. And part of that, I think, is because of the memories we have of those early days of the podcast. Yeah. But I think a big part of it has to do with this is just an incredible composition. The it melody really is. is so strong. and. I, I really, I think, to both Carl and myself, this left a big imprint of how to kind of modernize the classic VGM sound. Absolutely. In a, maybe not necessarily cliched way, or at least at the time, the idea of like these sort of harmonized, you know, grungy violins, this kind of <laughs> almost electric fiddle sound with a heavy-hitting rock band. And I like how kind of raw and garagey everything is, that you mm-hmm. can hear the room sound and the mics and everything. It's just perfect. But my honest opinion of this track is I think this is maybe one of the best themes in the entire East series. Oh, it and absolutely I think is. Just how melodic and catchy and not even disregarding the presentation. I think this is just such a better composition than so much of the classic East games. And that's saying something because we really love all that music. Yeah. Yeah, it is absolutely amazing and it has a special place in our heart and we're glad we got to include it as one of our favorite moments of the decade. Okay. Another track that we knew we needed to include today. Uh, this was rated very highly. One of the highest tracks that I rated. This is from Rayman origins. Mm -hmm. This is sea of serendipity, the Lum's dream. And this was such a kind of stop you in your tracks moment. When we were playing this game, this area is very silly and there's a lot of humor and kind of comedy with the music. And even with this track, there's some, some comedy here, but we were just so blown away by how, how beautiful it was at the same time. This is composed by Christoph Haral. And something that I want you guys to listen out for and what I think makes this piece so special is what immediately precedes it is very similar melodic material sung by these high-pitched, you know, like Alvin and the Chipmunk sounding lums that just sing nonsense words. Yeah. But they were singing this kind of swung, catching ba-da-ba-ba. The swanky jazz feel. And Mm -hmm. it gets recontextualized in this beautiful, spacey, sort of ethereal music here. It's just unlike any... This is probably one of the most unique tracks on the playlist. Yeah, this was definitely also memorable and special to us because this game came out just before we started the podcast. We played it around then, and we also played... We probably didn't actually get to the stage and hear this music until maybe slightly after we started the podcast. So let's take a listen to The Lum's Dream. Oh, <laughs> 
You guys are listening to The Lum's Dream, and Christopher All is one of those people I was I was talking about earlier. We're so glad and so fitting that he is on our playlist. You know, his contributions really to these two Rayman games in this past decade, some of the best music really of the decade for video games, and so, so glad um, he made this playlist, and what a special piece of music. I remember that when we all were trying to come up with a greatest hits playlist. It was either the first or the second year with yeah. you, me, and Marty. This was one of the top ones as well that Definitely, year. Definitely, yeah. I remember that year because that was the first year of our podcast, so we were looking back at all the best stuff that we'd played. And yeah. I remember it was between this and Magical Voice Shower. And I still think if we were doing best tracks <laughs> ever of the podcast, it, it would be might those still two. be those two. <laughs> I think so, so. As much as maybe we've grown, I think, I don't know if it's just nostalgia or whatever, but God, this is gorgeous. And I think yeah. I'm noticing a running theme on today's episode, which is so much of this music um, celebrates or at the very least acknowledges the tradition of video game music going back to the early 8 and 16-bit days. And while I don't believe that yeah, Christoph Peral was active composing for games very much back then, um, his quirky musical approach, his very imaginative and unique style um, <laughs> definitely seems to kind of share the spirit of game music's quirky origins yeah. and uh i i what i so love about the rayman games is they're very melodic they have these very eclectic ensembles and the music is a very active and humorous part of the experience especially when yeah. you get to something like rayman legends with all those music specific stages but he there's just so many little touches that go above and beyond and so to me why a track like this or just a soundtrack like this stands out above everything else is um, first of all, it's so playing into the humor. It's used yeah. as a tool to help the, I guess, I don't know if you want to call it storytelling, but just the immersion of the experience. It's not this sort of subtle background character that's taking itself really seriously. Mm -hmm. It's intentionally being very goofy, but really, it. I think it's very artfully written. And something like this is an example of making a joke out of a really earnestly beautiful piece of music. But the joke is yeah. that it's being sung in these nonsense words by these high-pitched creatures. <laughs> so th there's something about that that I just so admire the confidence to almost throw something like that away. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, let's move on to something else a little bit surprising. And this was kind of a specific choice. I did a little bit of, I guess, like affirmative action here on this playlist to try to pick stuff that maybe didn't have as much representation or awareness potentially. And this was a moment that was so exciting. I remember on a show and tell episode that we all three were on, Marty was so blown away uh, when I brought in this track and eventually we did a spotlight on this episode. This is Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, composed by the absolutely wonderful composer Noriyasu Agamatsu. And so we're going to play um, that, that piece of music that really wowed all of us this decade. Let's take a listen to Duel.
Maybe my favorite, my personal favorite use of drum kit in orchestra ever. <laughs> um, one it's of so the strongest melodies of the past decade. Oh, jeez. It's doubt. so good. It's Marty, so I'm sure is happy this is on our It's cute playlist. and fun and just, it's delightful in every sense of the word. I feel like this should be the theme song for a Japanese game show. Like, can't you just picture it hmm. as the television credits are rapidly scrolling up? That's you know, so when funny. it goes to that halftime feel and everything. Everything oh, I have heard geez. Agamatsu do is outstanding. When we had our Wild Arms episode, the music was great and we were enjoying ourselves. But once Agamatsu joined the mix in some of the later games, the music just went to this next level. Everything he touches is just gold. He is one of my favorite composers, and I I don't have a lot of games that I've really heard him do, yeah. and so I really want to hear more music from him. I mean, the sort of fierce, just kinetic energy of a piece of music like this, it's so exciting. It's so just cranked up to 11, but such a strong and pure melody. I mean, it yeah. really reminds me, we mentioned it before, but it's like a Kirby melody because it's yeah. almost so classical and pure with its use of chord tones. It's folk-like as well. It's a very, you know, economy of notes melody, yet it's this orchestral mixed with, you know, I guess you called a drum kit. Um, I don't know what you'd call that sound. It's just video game orchestra music. It's really mm -hmm. exciting and loud and heavily compressed and limited. And it's just like, I don't know. It's it, video game music. It's everything I love about <laughs> the art form. Totally. Yeah. And uh, using the kind of Dorian mode and the kind of video game harmony, this is, mm -hmm. it, it, I don't know. If you have to kind of distill game music down, that Brave Exvius is not a bad track to yeah. show people and, and so fitting like, for this playlist like one way that i at least thought about this playlist is if we had a friend who was in a coma for the last 10 years and just woke up and he loved video games and video game music these would be the tracks that we would be the most excited to show him like hey yeah, this is but what this would also be the track that puts him back into the coma <laughs> Um, and then if, you, if any of you guys are curious to see the master list, I think there's about 48 tracks on it. Uh, we can send that to anybody who's curious. You might enjoy uh, getting, a, getting a look at that. So, okay, let's move on to a score that for me would probably be on the best scores of the decade. I was blown away by this entire score. And this is maybe my favorite melody in the game. So this is a great moment in the last decade. And this is a very recent contribution, just last year. This is so 2018's... Exciting. Octopath Traveler, composed by newcomer Yasunori Nishiki, who we're all very excited to hear more work from him. Let's take a listen to Primrose the Dancer. Something so inspiring about this score was how it was approached, how it was arranged and recorded. Um, I think 
it really led Nishiki to compose really strong, clear melodies because he had these kind of solo musicians that were coming in, you know, the solo violinist. And there's something that all these real instruments add. There's a sense of uh, humanity to it and just realness right. uh, and folkiness and, and hominess that that these people add. I mean, even something as simple as that electric bass. I just love the tone of it and the part. It's just everything comes together great. Well, it's a definite nod to the Super Nintendo and that kind yeah. of eclectic, you know, orchestral music, but almost chamber orchestral music because you can mm-hmm. have these rock instruments alongside with it. Um, and that, you and can that was really tell. special a when, lot of- when that 16-bit arrangement album came out and you got to hear these melodies on the Super Nintendo. That was special. Right. But it, it, there's a def- definite influence from another Yasunori, Yasunori Mitsuda, who did Chrono Trigger <laughs> and Chrono Cross. You can definitely hear some influence musically and um, instrumentation-wise. But yeah, I think Nishiki did such a good job of kind of like... It, it feels like an old 16-bit soundtrack almost come to life in a more modern setting. Uh, yeah. And I think that was one of the most successful things about Octopath Traveler. But so exciting to get such a purely melodic and rich score in yeah. such a recent game. I mean, like we said, this is one of the best decades uh, for game music ever. So it's so exciting yeah. and uh, wonderful to be alive at the time when we are. There's so many mm-hmm. wonderful composers working and there are so many wonderful uh, Japanese composers who were around in the early days of game music that are still making music, and then we have wonderful newcomers. It's a um, super exciting time, absolutely. Yeah. Well, guys, we decided to do two tracks of the decade on this episode, and we're going to move on to my personal track of the decade. This is Shovel Knight, Strike the Earth, Planes of Passage. We did talk about this on our episode 400, but for me, this is, I think, the best piece of video game music uh, that came out in the past 10 years. This is composed by Jake Kaufman. Let's take a listen.
You guys are listening to Strike the Earth, uh, and one thing that I think is very beautiful is both of our personal tracks of the decade represent a very different style and kind of school of VGM, and so I think that's really wonderful and perfect as well. Um, yeah, I'll never forget first hearing this stage one theme uh, playing this game. Will was yeah, mentioning me it as we were listening to it, but it really felt like you were playing a new NES game, and it made us feel like kids again. Definitely, yeah, and it just, I think it, it celebrates what was so wonderful about that period of time and the kind of imagination that had to be used. And Jay Kaufman is someone who just has no shortage of imagination. His musical ideas were so Endless. bustling. And um, I remember talking with Marty when this game came out about just what an amazing and unanimous victory Shovel Knight was, and particularly mm-hmm. the music, what Kaufman did. It's like... I really don't know that another person could have done it. Another composer could have done it in the way that he did. He was able to put his finger on everything that was wonderful musically about that period while also kind of supercharging it and kind of like, yeah. I don't know, reigniting, reanimating this dead tissue, it's, so it's, to speak. Um, it's that classic video game music on a lot of caffeine. Yeah, I really think, and this is another example, um, Shovel Knight, of course that soundtrack would be on one of the best of the decade. I think it might be my personal favorite favorite soundtrack of it's the mine. 20 teens. Yeah, it's, it's definitely so mine. good. Yeah, and also I, I feel like when Matsumai heard that me- the music that Jake had already done, I have a feeling she was like, "Ooh, all right, let's dive into this for her contributions." I she she just was was on another level of inspiration. It felt like too with that. Yeah, project. and she did all this like dark kind of progressive, mm-hmm. you know, whole tone scale stuff. It's just so awesome that I, you could almost feel like Jake Kaufman's sort of amazing arrangements and just bombastic music they were inspiring her like pushed her to maybe step a little bit outside of her comfort zone which was really well, let's exciting. move on to another amazing score that came out the same year we started our podcast 2012 a phenomenal year i will say for this decade 2012 and 2014 great yeah well they're all they're all great years um yeah I should I should do a little tally and see uh, out of our entire playlist what year has the most tracks. I'm going to do that as we listen to this. Um, year of the decade. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a listen to this amazing piece from Kid Icarus Uprising for the 3DS. This is Dark Pit Battle by Motoi Sakuraba.
So good. You guys are listening to Dark Pit Battle, and it looks like we have a lot of ties. I am not seeing one particular year that has more than others. A lot of them have three tracks. Uh, a lot of them have two. One thing I, I should say, and we didn't plan on this, but it just, you know, just happened this way. There's actually no uh, music on our playlist today from 2019. There's one that barely was 2018. It was a tail end of 18. Um, and that was not a specific intention or choice. It's just kind of how it shook out. So that's a little interesting uh, to note that. But in any case, yeah, what an amazing piece of music. A classic for this decade, Dark Pit Battle. Yeah, and I think for us, it's like when we're looking back, the, this whole episode has a nostalgic tinge to us. So we're definitely going to put priority of things that we haven't looked at in a while. Yeah, and um, we did mention like that we're King still of in Cards 2019. So. Um, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, this track is so amazing. A, a wonderful melody. I have a lot of nostalgic feelings about it. I think it's one of Sakuraba's best melodies, frankly, um, yeah. in his whole career. And one of the amazing things about the Kid Icarus Uprising soundtrack and project uh, was just how it united some of these absolute <laughs> VGM legends. Yuzo Kashiro, Yasunori Mitsuda, Motoi Sakuraba. I mean, it... I just I still can't I can't believe that just for this almost random 3DS game that you had this like I don't know super group this VGM super group <laughs> come together and it was yeah. such an exciting and bold soundtrack I love Kid Icarus Uprising just as a game I think the mm-hmm. whole production everything of it the the script is really funny I really love how the whole time you know it's almost like a Star Fox game it's a lot of yeah. kind of on rail action but uh, the dialogue the banter is between Pit Kid Icarus and the goddess Lady Palatina and it's a really interesting dynamic because he's kind of like this plucky young hero and he's kind of like flirting with her the whole time and it just really is funny and kind of this charming background to all the action I know I remember some reviewers at the time complaining about it but that I just found it really refreshing and kind of interesting and god the music is just so strong and this was at the time when like most you know in-house Nintendo games weren't often using that many real instruments and big not orchestras and definitely not full soundtracks of stuff like that. Pretty insane. All right, let's move on to something really delightful. Maybe the happiest, sunshiniest track on the playlist. A nice change of pace right now. Let's take a listen to Tomoyo Tomita's wonderful Shy But Deadly from Yoshi's Woolly World.
You guys are listening to Shy But Deadly from Yoshi's Woolly World. A slightly surprising choice. I could see this being missed on a lot of people's lists. Um, it was a wonderful experience, a great game, a great score. I love Tomoyo Tomita so much. This was my favorite in the score. Um, he did such a great job with the production. It just sounds so good. This is kind of what I want for modern Nintendo music, where emotionally it's on the nose for this character, for this series. It's very innocent and, and sunny. Uh, but, but it's cool. Know, just a, it's like, yeah, it's, it's groovy cool, and, there's and just it a feels lot, like Sesame Street. <laughs> a lot to dig into in a piece like this, whether it's the production or the groove or the instruments. It's just great. Well, I, um, I'm really curious to check out uh, John Mulaney has that new children's special called John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. And it looks like yeah. very much kind of like a love letter to Sesame Street. And I think what's right. cool about almost like kids television and stuff from that period is it was definitely appropriate for them but it was also like genuinely interesting and it doesn't yeah. feel maybe like it's talking down to you in the same way and I feel I could say the same thing about uh, Tomita-san's music in any Nintendo game he's worked on it definitely fits in like Yoshi it's the games that are always cute and meant to evoke childlike connotations but outside of uh, I think Koji Kondo's Yoshi's Island score I think Tomita's mm-hmm. music is the only that isn't necessarily talking down to you. It's not yeah, exactly. saccharine and cute. It's not kind of overly quirky. It's still cool. A lot of it grooves and is like mm-hmm. really, it's pretty and sweet, but um, it, there's enough moments of surprise uh, to keep you on your toes. Yeah. I just absolutely love this man so yeah, much. Can't wait to delightful. see what other freelance work he does going forward. Well now guys, it's time to move on to Will's personal track of the decade. Exactly, yeah. I mean, we talked about all of this music could honestly uh, be in this spot and that Strike (laughs) the Earth, there's no way I could argue that that's track of the decade, but I think we absolutely can't have an episode like this without playing And What If I Can't, What If I'm Not Worthy of Her Ideals from Fire Mm. Emblem Awakening composed by the incredible Hiroki Morishita and possibly with uh, themes by Rai Kondo in there as well. This is... I just think I I just have so this personally as a composer, this piece of music has been so influential to me. Yeah, Um, it it was one of the standout moments of our podcast just from the beginning. It Mm -hmm. almost feel like I I grew up or I aged a couple years after listening to this because as much as I loved game music and I mean, we started this podcast as sort of a quest to celebrate video games artistry. But Mm -hmm. I think even I was shocked that a video game could have a piece of music this legitimately sophisticated and beautiful in it. One Um, of the most beautiful moments of the decade without question. Let's listen to, and what if I can't? What if I'm not worthy of her ideals?
Almost too beautiful. <laughs> it's dangerous here. This is from Fire Emblem Awakening, composed primarily by Hiroki Morishida. One of the more exciting figures to kind of rise in this decade has done some great stuff in this series. Yeah, and what if I can't? What if I'm not worthy of her ideals? So yeah. good. I, I'm I'm sorry, uh, and I really don't mean to get on a tangent, but to, to anyone who's been playing Breath of the Wild and been experiencing that, you know, oh, Studio Ghibli esque no. kind please. of piano stuff, when you go to something like this, it's like I just wish uh, Morishita would have been involved in that soundtrack because I think he's able yeah. to capture that sort of. Uh, I don't know, fantasy, really sweeping, impressionistic style. Um, I feel like I, I need to cut Will off before really you. influential, but his melodies are just <laughs> so good. Dude, I yeah, don't this, care. What, this score I, was I, such I, a I can highlight. have my opinions. But I, I'm not afraid of trolls on the internet. I, I make no You guys I should know no that apologies. I did have one track from Breath of the Wild on the master list. It was the uh, Terrytown, which I think is a delightful Yeah, piece that is music. great. Uh, but not yeah, as great this, as this. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> There's I, that, not a that, lot that's as great as when this. When that melody, when that violin melody comes in, I mean, first of all, I just think it's one of those perfect compositions, every single note. Yet it's so harmonically rich, and there's that sensitivity to every possible harmonic string that can be pulled. Is pulled, it's such a yet sensitive piece of music. Pure. Yeah, it's absolutely one gorgeous. of my favorite things about it, and I think Will agrees, is the use of dissonance with those surprising chords that you're not expecting, but they're mm-hmm. so emotional, and there's a lot of tension and release in a piece of music like this. It's it's one of right. the most emotional pieces of music I think I've ever heard, to be honest. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's really gorgeous. Well, guys, another composer that has done so much great work in this past decade is Nintendo composer Ryo Nagamatsu. Yes. And it's really fitting that we have at least one Zelda score represented today. And the actual, the one that's represented might not be the one you expect. This is The Legend of Zelda, A Link Between Worlds. Let's take mm. a listen to Low Rule Castle, composed by Nagamatsu.
very interesting that this made our playlist, but Skyward Sword barely, <laughs> barely uh, didn't make it, which is kind of fascinating that we that we chose this Link Between Worlds over Skyward Sword. Um, I don't know if we necessarily have the opinion that this is better or anything. I think we just really wanted Nagamatsu to be represented Well, I think here. this melody and this track is such a definite standout. I mean, I yeah. actually really love the music to Skyward Sword. I recently went mm-hmm. back and played that game, and I think it's incredible. I don't think underrated. there's anything that gets on th- um, quite on this level, though. But what's great about that music to me is that it's very narratively cinematic, and it feels like it's pushing the series forward in a yeah. more kind of cinema direction at least a more like Japanese cinema sort of direction yeah. uh, but what I love about a piece like this is I think this can sit up on the shelf with like Koji Kondo's Dark World theme and um, with Kenta Nagata's Dragon Roost Island theme and uh, you know some of the great stuff from Twilight Princess it really has that pure um, heroic melody that is perfect for a Zelda game and it's one that I'm so glad and hope we'll sort of get to live with the series as it continues yeah. but it's really excellent I just love the repetition yeah well let's really move well on composed. guys to a really nice change of pace this also came out originally in 2014 a lot of people played it a few years later <laughs> this is Mario Kart 8 Let's take a listen to (laughs) the unforgettable title screen composed by Atsuko Asahi. game represented one of the real exciting leap forwards for Nintendo in this decade. Uh, the Mario Kart series was in desperate need of kind of a revolution and, and kind of a, an energy boost, and they really made that happen with Mario Kart 8. Atsuko Asahi uh, composed this and some of my favorite new music from for this game. Um, really liked that she incorporated the Soyo Oka theme. It really felt like such a fitting theme for the whole series. I mean, this, to, for me, feels like the theme of the series now. Right. Uh, that's so true. And what I love about Mario Kart 8, it goes back to a time when Mario Kart music was actually cool and had this sort mm-hmm. of 70s funk fusion disco pop music yeah. kind of sound. 
Um, and it's just so rad. I mean, just like a piece of music like this is just badass. All the horn playing and just the writing is so strong. Uh, it, it's so decidedly different from what we had been getting in maybe the last three or four entries in the series. So it, I, I'm just, I couldn't be more happy. And what's interesting is I almost feel like Mario Kart 8 can just be like the last Mario Kart game because it just seems yeah. like they keep sort of re releasing it or almost rebranding it or repackaging it, mm-hmm. um, which I can understand because it's almost just. I don't know. It's like Mario Kart has kind of reached perfection. Yeah, there's definitely um, not like a dire need for a fully new game. I mean, I'm fine to keep just releasing new tracks every once in a while. I think people would be happy with that. I mean, what's there to improve at this point? Right. But yeah, such such a great yeah, moment one of my for, favorite for that just, company. This is why I'm glad we did the episode we did, because I don't know that I'd put Mario Kart 8's soundtrack as like one of the best of the no. decade. It's great. No. Um but this track, I mean, I remember the first time we played this. I think it was before the game came out. And it's both an unforgettable of us were so moment. so excited and just blown away. And we're like, this isn't a Nintendo game? I mm-hmm. just can't. I'm in disbelief. Yep, absolutely. This is a great example of, uh, you know, coming from a track perspective, uh, this was a, a, a clear choice for us. All right, guys, let's move on to another piece of music that absolutely blew us away while we were doing our podcast. This game came out in 2010. We were not aware of it until a few years later after we started the podcast. Eventually, we went on to do an episode spotlight on it. It's an amazing score, and this music, this track in particular, stopped both of us in our tracks. It's so good. This is Grandma from Near, composed by Keiichi Okabe. so beautiful such a such a gorgeous piece of music it's one of those pieces that anything i would say about it can't can't fully capture and represent everything it's doing music yeah. really can express way more than just descriptive words can so i think this would be a good time actually instead of that to give some more honorable mentions from our, from our master list here yeah we should um, we got to mention uh it- yeah, there's so a much few. from the Etrian Odyssey. Yeah, Etrian and... Odyssey Four, uh, the City of Radiant Ruin was a standout track for yeah. us. The ending, closing, setting sail, coming home from Bastion oh, was a God, really great, yeah. beautiful moment. 
City of Hope from Marvel's Spider-Man. I mean, uh, just that whole soundtrack game. and the way that it was implemented, that Spider-Man soundtrack, it just has me so excited. This is one that we can't forget, that awesome uneven bars theme from Mario and Sonic at the London Olympic Games. That's a great melody. Also, the lights, camera, action from Sonic Mania. So many others. Um, and yeah, again, guys, if, if you want to hear some of the some of the others, uh, let us know. We can maybe shoot you over that and, master uh, list. Yeah, listen to the last eight years of our podcast <laughs> where we've <laughs> talked in depth about a lot of these yeah, absolutely. Uh, scores and soundtracks. Alright, we're going to move on to a piece of music by Jake Kaufman. He made the playlist three times. So I guess when you think about that, he was our favorite composer of the He's past the decade. He's the MVP, which I, he made I, don't the most. I don't know if I would argue with that. Yeah. So this is from Shovel Knight, Plague of Shadows. And really, I was being quite restrained on this playlist. I could have had four Shovel Knight tracks because there were, you know, four different entries technically. And I just had two. So that's pretty restrained of me. This is the final note, which I believe is one of the ending themes for Shovel Knight Plague of Shadows. So, so beautiful by Jay Kaufman. Let's take a listen. a gift Jay Kaufman is to the world. And when Plague of Shadows came out, it, it even further illuminated how amazing he was because he was trying to explore things that we didn't really get uh, in the first Shovel Knight game. And so the Plague of Shadows score is a lot more sensitive and beautiful. There's a lot of ballads and a lot of sweet, soft music. There's even this one track that has like violin and piano um, later on in, in the soundtrack. There's kind of this pop song at the end of it, which is really great too, which features Dale North on vocals. But yeah, I mean, this track absolutely stopped both of us in our tracks when yeah. we were doing that episode. It's just gorgeous. And the fact Everything that he's able to get it. something so expressive on, on you know, well, right. He's so melodically sensitive. Uh, his his feel of rubato, regardless of how difficult it is to implement. I mean, even if this were just a piano performance, it would just I would praise it for how sumptuous it is, and um, it's just absolutely gorgeous, harmonically, melodically, uh, on every level. This is completely a standout. And it's again, perfect. we've said this with Kaufman. He's one of those people. He's like. 50% um, so inspirational and 50% making you just want to give up and quit music. <laughs> just quit. So What's amazing. the point? Oh, All right, God, guys. I love this. Well, it's possible that the second place <laughs> favorite composer of the decade, based on this playlist at least, is Christoph Haral because he made it a second time. 
Um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. It's just that he had these two contributions that were just so powerful for both of us. This is Rayman Legends. And uh, this was maybe our favorite melody or favorite piece um, from that game. It's hard to say. But let's take a listen to When the Wind Blows, composed by Christoph Haral. I love this track so much because it's it's a stark contrast to the the tone that you get in most of this score. The score is so vibrant and colorful and fun, and again, there's a sense of humor. He's going further in, in almost every way in the score. It's bigger and there's more orchestral moments and there's so many different genres evoked. But this was a moment when you just like appreciated uh, just the level of craft that Haral has as a composer he's just one of the best yeah undoubtedly i mean it's such a gorgeous melody and harmonized in a really sensitive and beautiful way that i mean kind of like that morishita track it's a pure melody but it it gets as much emotion as possible out of it because of the way it's harmonized and again his instrument choice here is so lovely getting Mm -hmm. some of those folk instruments with the almost lute sounding mandolin kind of sounding stuff and then also with the uh woodwind instrument called the daduk that's playing Mm -hmm. the melody which is so absolutely beautiful in this presentation Uh, yeah he's really a standout in my mind in just those two rayman games the breadth of their uh, style and sound there's so much music a lot of it's very mm-hmm. humorous and very unintuitive and clever and finds a new way around yet there's also so many moments of genuine sincerity and beauty yeah i in agree those scores too well it looks like we have a two-way tie for second place because we have another composer that that is making a second appearance here this is hiroki morishida one more time with the main theme that he composed for Fire Emblem Fates. So two Fire Emblem appearances. That's really awesome. This is Lost in Thoughts All Alone, which is the main theme from Fates. We in... can promise you that wouldn't happen in any other decade for us. <laughs> There's yeah, no way absolutely. there'd be two Fire Emblem entries. That's so um, hilarious. Yeah, so this is the main theme, and this is the Japanese vocal version, which is my favorite version. Let's take a listen to this beautiful piece.
never fails to get me choked up. One of my personal favorite melodies and moments from this last decade. Oh my God, it's emotional. Morishita yeah. just has a direct path to my heart. Yeah. He's one of my favorites. This is Lost in Thoughts All Alone. Oh, it's so beautiful. I mean, this song really gives Joe a run for his money. Joe Hisaishi. Yeah. Um, oh, God. And in that tradition of having the central theme also be this beautiful vocal song tune mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's so incredibly gorgeous. I mean, we've talked about this melody a lot. And something, I think, when it came out, we were focusing a lot about how this melody um, was a little bit derivative of other things that we've heard, but by far, this is the most gorgeous presentation of anything that comes yeah. close to sounding like this. So it's one of those cases of it's like, I don't know, people try this to do that does all it the, the time. They try to find melodic sound alikes, but it's like, really? Who's going to choose King's Row over Star Wars? Who's going to mm-hmm. choose the N64 Castlevania game over this incredible piece of right. music? Right, absolutely. You know, this gets the stamp, this gets the gold star. This is how you do it. What a beautiful piece of music. And it's great that we had a vocal track actually on our playlist. So I don't always hate vocal music. I mean, if it's done right, it can be very powerful. I think most times that I hear it in video games, uh, personally, I feel like it's not done right. Uh, this is a case when it's done. So I mean, we mentioned Bastion right. uh, being a great example, and just Darren Corb in general. Uh, yeah, Portal. We could have probably played something from the one of the two Portal games. Those songs fun. are so fun and fantastic. So that's another well, let's, honorable mention. Let's move on to the year 2017, which was an amazing year for <laughs> fans of games and game music. Let's play something from Super Mario Odyssey. And another thing that is so perfect and heartwarming about this playlist is we have a contribution from Koji Kondo on our Our Lord and Savior. (laughs) Let's take a listen to one of my favorites of the decade, Steam Gardens. so much you guys listening to steam gardens from super mario odyssey 
one of my favorite uh, games from the decade and, and maybe my favorite piece of music from this incredible score and yeah. one of the contributions from Koji Kondo. We were so blown away when we finally got the so official backwards. crediting. It's like, I was like, what? We were this thinking that all the kind of more traditional Mario, not safe, but like more traditional slightly derivative sounding stuff would have been Kondo. Um, mm-hmm. But it was the exact opposite. It's like, oh, all the tracks that we thought were Koji were Naoto Kubo and all the stuff we were praising Naoto Kubo for for like this bold, different kind of yeah. stuff. It's like, oh, that's Koji Kondo Steam Garden. This is one of the most exciting and progressive tracks Kondo's ever done. Yeah. And what so excites me about Mario Odyssey is just how alive and vivid his creative sensibilities are. I mean, I really think this melody is one of his strongest in a long time. It's very pure. It has sort of his staple of, you know, melodic perfection to it, but it's so different than anything he's ever done in the Mario series. What I love so much about this track is it perfectly captures this environment. It's this really weird and quirky mix infusion of so many different things. It's like one part like 50s surf rock yeah. and then one part like breakbeat and techno and right. like funk and jazz it's just so many different things that work shockingly well together yeah absolutely and i mean he's one of the people who i think has always been an ambassador of that quirky sort of genre mixing and we don't necessarily think of him that way because the mario music is so iconic and the zelda music is so iconic but Mm -hmm. that really is something that's important to his legacy and it's so it's so fun to hear him create a piece of music like this now I'm really excited yeah. to see what he does in the future because Mario Odyssey marked sort of a really different style because for mm-hmm. previous games that Kondo's worked on, it seems like he's just sort of like the grandfather that they bring in to sort of set the tone mm-hmm. of the project. But with Odyssey, he really feels like he's one of the people in the team. Like he wrote a yeah. lot of music for it and it's not like all the big prominent themes. It's like he yeah. did the crazy cap stuff and then he did this and then he did one of the boss themes. I think he and then probably he had Forgotten such a blast Isle. This project. Yeah, I mean, it's like a return to another era, so it's so exciting. Before we end our episode with really the most recent track, actually, uh, let's go back one more time to the early part of the decade, back to 2012, for a really moving and beautiful piece of music, a moving moment for this decade. This is from Journey. This is the main theme of Journey. This is Naissance, composed by Austin Wintry featuring some beautiful performance, uh, some cello performance on this. This is a standout moment uh, for the decade, absolutely. Journey, what an unforgettable game. Let's take a listen to this main theme from Journey.
God, so beautiful. This is composed by Austin Wintry. Great that he was able to make our playlist as well. Nassance from Journey. Um, this always makes me think of MAGFest. There was a year when Austin um, uh, was actually performing with an orchestra the entire score live while someone was playing the game. Uh, that was a very special moment. And so whenever I hear this music, I will always think of that. Uh, what a fitting way to kind of end our playlist here. Before we go to something, don't worry, guys. We're going to actually end with something very energetic and gonna sending you on, on your way with a, a bounce in your step. But this uh, absolutely needed to be on our playlist. Yeah, and just acknowledging, uh, I think this wasn't this historic. This was the first video game composer nominated for a Grammy or to win yes, a Grammy. absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, that's historic. And Austin Wintry's kind of... Uh, definitely one of the budding and prominent artistic voices in the video mm-hmm. game music community of this decade. And it's been really fun sort of tracking his rise. I think Journey is what put his name on the map for a lot of fans of video yeah. game music. I know he a lot of people already liked his work with the Banner Saga. Mm-hmm. But uh, since Journey, he's gone on to do um, so much incredible work. One of my favorites is... Uh, in the Assassin's Creed series, Assassin's yeah. Creed Syndicate. Uh, that's with really all good. This sort of chamber music that's just a love letter to great like string quartets of the 20th century. Also, I know a score that's very beloved uh, to a lot of people is Abzu, which oh, I actually God, played a track from last week in Marcado Radio. So that's another mm. little celebration yeah, of Wintry. Abzu stuff's great. Well, guys, this was so fun. I want to make it clear one more time. Uh, we're not saying this is the best music of the decade. We're saying these are some of our personal favorite moments uh, yeah. of video game music in the past decade. Absolutely. And we just had such a blast. It was very nostalgic going back through this because what's interesting is uh, we haven't been doing this podcast 10 years. We're almost mm-hmm. there. We're about eight years in. Yeah. So our the entirety of this podcast has been within the 2010s. So yeah. as I think people all around the world and just in culture have been talking about, you know, well, we're moving into a new decade and what does that mean? I do think it helps us just as people to sort of organize our lives into these distinct chunks, regardless of how arbitrary they are. I'm excited to sort of have that new chapter open up um, and I look forward to kind of what this next decade can bring for music in general, but specifically for video game music. Well, we thought of a very fitting track to play out with today. Uh, this is a track that is very special to Will. It's, Will, would you say this is maybe one of your favorite themes of the decade? Um, yeah, I mean, I think all of these definitely are. There's there's so much to pick from. But this is the main theme, Life Light, from Smash Brothers Ultimate. And don't worry, we're not going to play the um, embarrassing vocal version. Oh, we're going good. to play... <laughs> Uh, the orchestral instrumental version that we were first introduced to when this game yes, came out. Yes, yes. I'm really glad what, we're playing this. What yeah, I the, really love about this theme is, and something that I love about Smash Brothers music is I really love the main themes. I know most mm-hmm. people go to Smash Brothers for the uh, kind of remixes and reimaginings, but I guess I'd say like starting with like Brawl, there was this yeah. tradition of incredibly iconic and prototypical video game orchestral tracks that to me... Um, 
in my mind, they sort of orient me of like, what is video game music square one? I mean, we had mm-hmm. that incredible Uematsu track, in my opinion, for Brawl. And then the, the Smash Brothers Wii U and 3DS theme, I think, was good. Um, I would have it loved to hear a full orchestra. But what I love about this ultimate theme, I think it's maybe one of the best uh, themes in the whole Smash Brothers series. And it does it's that great, great thing to me of just summarizing what I love about video game music. Yeah, and I'm really glad. It's so fitting that we're playing this original version that we first heard the instrumental version because it perfectly captures what we love about video game music. I really have a lot of issues with the vocal version and how that's used in the game. You know, I mentioned it earlier, but it's representative of a lot of vocal themes in video games that I find very unnatural and jarring. But this is a great way to end our episode. This was composed by wonderful composer Hideki Sakamoto, who composed the main theme, Life Light, from Ultimate. Guys, this was so fun. Very nostalgic. I had a great time. This was hard for us to pick uh, these top tracks. There's so many that we also love. And so we hope you guys enjoyed this. We hope you guys enjoyed yeah, how we approached I, it. I hope that you will share some of your favorite music with us on Please do. Facebook and Twitter and in our Discord. Um, it's been so fun to see that community grow. As always, you can uh, send us an email or find our contact page at supermarketbros.com mm-hmm. If you would like to join our Discord, we will shoot you out a link. And it's been really fun seeing that community continue to grow and expand and become more active over the years all right guys enjoy the instrumental version of life light i think that's about it my name is carl brueggemann and i'm will brueggemann happy new year everybody peace out peace out